Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of women over 70, aging reimagined. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Our mission is to showcase vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who <laughs> shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. These women lead fulfilling lives for themselves and others. Visit our website, womenover70.com. Invite us to conduct workshops or speak to your organization on issues that matter to women aging. Consider becoming a sponsor. And if you are an author with a book for women, check out our book promotion opportunity. And today we are so excited to welcome to the studio Marva Andrews. Marva is 73 and lives in Chicago. She was referred to us by her husband, Chuck Andrews, who is a Vistage chair and asset consultant. Marva grew up in central Illinois. She and Chuck were married in 1969, and they worked together in business brokerage, buying and selling old Taco Bell properties. Eventually, after a career as a registered nurse, Marva became a real estate agent. A staunch Methodist, she also works for the Methodist Bishop in the Northern Conference and has a keen interest in justice for immigrants. So Marva, welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you, Gail. It's nice to be with you today. Yes, we're happy to have you. And so it seems to me that you have always been striving and growing throughout your life. And can you tell us a little bit about the opportunities for growth as you've experienced them? Well, I, you know, take it back to um, when I made the decision to go into nursing after I graduated from high school. Um, I was from a small town and women at that time in the mid uh, 1960s, really, as far as I knew, had very limited opportunities. You could be a beautician or you could be a nurse or you could be a mother. And of those three, I chose being a nurse. So I uh, went to Michael Reese Hospital, which was a diploma school of nursing, and it was a great time of learning for me, mostly because I was coming from a small town to a large city, and so the opportunities were so different. And I worked as a registered nurse then until 1985, and we were transferred with my husband's job, and um, I was able to... uh, was not able to find childcare. Our youngest daughter was in kindergarten. And so I wasn't able to find a full-time position. So I got my real estate license. I've always been interested in real estate and it was something I could do on my time. But we were only in that, posi- in that town. It was in Deerfield, Illinois for just one year. And we were transferred to um, Texas. Mm-hmm. The, the one year I had in Deerfield, the only thing I did was rent one property um, to someone. So we moved to Texas and I had the opportunity to work for um, um, a uh, dermatologist part-time and that worked well. And we were there just a year and then we moved back to Illinois and I could not find a part-time job that worked well with our schedule because Chuck traveled with his work. And so I have always had good office skills. So I registered with the temporary agencies and they sent me on a, a, an assignment uh, to the Taco Bell headquarters that was in Westmont. And they just so happened to have an opportunity 
for uh, someone in the real estate department and I applied for the job and got it. My original plan was to work there until the children were out of college. And then I realized they only had a few more years to work before I would have my health care covered. Yeah. So each one of these positions a little bit different, offering different growth and learning opportunities. And um, following uh, my work with uh, Taco Bell, I then worked with Chuck in business brokerage. He did not help with my work with Taco Bell, but it was something separate, uh, different types of businesses that he helped us, the sellers sell. And so I did some of the inside work. I learned to recast financials, which I had no clue about previously. And um, meeting with uh, sellers and buyers, it was a real growth opportunity for me. The downside was it was mostly inside work and I'm a people person. And so I began looking for a position. I thought I wanted it to be in a church. I wanted to be in a Christian environment. And um, I went to work for the Plainfield United Methodist Church for about seven years. And then uh, Chuck and I moved back into the city. And um, I did a reverse commute back to Plainfield for a few months. But then the opportunity came to be the Episcopal Secretary for the Bishop of the Northern Illinois Conference. And I honestly felt it was a calling, a ministry for me. And so I began here in 2013. And I know more about being a Methodist than I ever thought I would ever want to know. <laughs> so tell me, uh, with all of these different life experiences and, and career choices, it, does anything stand out for you? Uh, is there, I mean, do you feel as though this has been a, a trajectory into which you, you, you are now where you want to be? Um, well, I only plan to work two to three more years. So um, and I would not, I can't see myself as wanting to remain in this type of a, of a position, but um, probably I would fall back onto real estate, something I still am interested in, although it's a lot more complicated than it was when I worked in Deerfield. But I think that would be of all of the things I've done, um, I would no longer be interested in going back into nursing. I'm so outdated when it comes to all of the new advancements. And so I would not be interested in that. So probably of all the things I've done, uh, I enjoyed working with Chuck. We were able to work together at that time in our life. Had we been younger, I think we probably would have killed each other. But because <laughs> the age in our life that we worked together, we were able to accept each other's uh, suggestions and criticisms, and it worked really well for us. So you started out as a nurse who's, who chose that over being a, a mom at the time, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. A mom or a beautician. That was, that was really the only choices. Oh, I'm sorry, a teacher. I could have gone into teaching. Yes, yes, right, right. And so when did you meet Chuck? And, and then you started having children. Right. Chuck and I have known each other a long time. We did live in a small town. And our parents actually played in a euchre club together, a card club together. And um, my, my uh, extended family lived in Missouri. And he didn't have a lot of extended family. So our families were together for like Easter, Memorial Day, Labor Day, different kind of minor holidays as families. Mm -hmm. And then um, my older sister, who is seven years older, married Chuck's brother. 
And <laughs> yes, I was interested in that. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, Chuck and I began dating. I was only 15. And uh, we were together off and on pretty much for several years. He was away in the National Guard. And then I, of course, came to Chicago to school. So uh, we then uh, decided to get married in 1969, and we began our family right away. I was only 22 when our first child was born. And so at that time, I was uh, pretty much part-time as a nurse, uh, otherwise a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. It's so a, we've known pretty, pretty unusual for two sisters to marry two brothers. Yes, it worked really well for us. <laughs> I have and, that in my family. Yes. And my mother married my my uh, my mother and uh, her sister married my father and his brother. His brother. Right. right. And were you close? Did you grow up close? Yes. Fortunately, all of us got along really well. And our children, um, we have three children and my sister, although she's passed away, she and Chuck's brother had two children. And they are more like siblings and they are cousins because of the closeness. And fortunately, we all like each other. <laughs> yes, it helps. <laughs> Definitely it helps. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you have nine grandchildren, right? Yes, we do. The oldest is 23 and the youngest is 10. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they, live, they all live in the western suburbs. So we are very blessed. We um, get to see them in a lot of different activities. Mm-hmm. You, you talked about... Uh, becoming more of a Methodist than you ever thought you would working for the, uh, who, for the Northern Conference. Right. Well, you work? know, as the person that walks in and sits down in the sanctuary for a worship service, you really have no idea what goes on behind it. And, you know, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist church, um, had some definite guidelines for how things were to be. And we have what we call the book of discipline that gives us the guidelines for being a Methodist. And those are things that you really don't think about when you sit down in the pew. But um, there's a lot of different rules and regulations that make the denomination work. So I, as a parishioner, I never knew those. And I really didn't know that I needed to. Mm -hmm. But now that I've seen, you know, the inside workings of it, it is a little more complicated than what I thought. <laughs> and, and, and what was your, what were your responsibilities there, Marva? Well, I'm still working there. So oh. um, I support, I support the bishop. Right now we have an interim bishop. Our bishop retired at the end of last year. And due to some delays because of the pandemic, they have not elected a new bishop for this area. So I work with Bishop John Hopkins, who lives in Indianapolis and is a remote bishop. He comes to the city periodically, but um, so he isn't here every day. But I do their correspondence and I help them with travel and with their uh, meeting preparations and planning and um, respond to the needs of the different churches. There are about 385 churches in this t- particular conference. So I today, here's a good example. Today we have a small church that needed to know their 
who had been their pastor for the last 50 years. They're having a celebration and they wanted to know the names of all their pastors. So this is work that I would never have thought that I would be involved in. But fortunately, I'm in the office today and I have access to the the annual journal so I could see who all those 50 were. I just had to pull 50 different books to find it. So it's really, it's really, I think of my job as caring for the churches and for the pastors and for the people that are just, you know, sit in the pew for the prisoners as well. So for me, it's, it's an interesting job. <laughs> good. That's, that's very good. You, when you and I talked, you, you, you said that you had, a big interest in justice for immigrants. Yes, I, um, I'm appalled when I read about all of those people who need safety, who need to come to the United States for safety and for well-being. And although working full-time, uh, it, it pretty much is how I can spend my time. I'm pretty drained. I do see after I am done working here that I would be interested in doing some work through the Methodist Church, we have an organization called Justice for Our Neighbors. It's called JFON is the abbreviation. And they do uh, pro bono work for people who have immigration problems. And I remember the joy that one of the attorneys uh, shared with us when a young man from Africa was uh, allowed to come to the United States because he was gay and in Africa that's against the law and he would have either been imprisoned or he would have been um he would have been killed and i remember the joy in her face when they were able to get asylum for him and i know there are many other people who need help and i feel like i would enjoy doing that mm -hmm. yes you said you're only going to work a few more years Right. Two to three more years. <clears throat> I expect, I'm hoping that we get a new bishop here. And I'd like to see that bishop here and get settled before I retire for the next, the next retirement. <laughs> yes. But I have a feeling you won't sit still. No, I don't sit so still well. And, you know, we have always lived in single family homes until we moved into this condo in 2012. And there's just not enough to do to keep me busy. I try some embroidery sewing. I have an embroidery sewing machine. I just am not good at that. And I know I could volunteer with a lot of different agencies, which I hope to be able to do. But sitting still, I've never been a coffee clutcher. I've never been one to um, watch TV in the daytime, hardly at nighttime anymore as well. So, yeah, I have to be in some type of a helping situation. I think knowing, you know, my background in nursing and most all of the positions I've had, I've been uh, help, I've been in a position to help other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really wonderful. That's wonderful. Do you ever think about your own aging? You're, you're, uh, you're still working, you're not even thinking about retiring for a few years. Is, is that something that ever comes to your mind? Well, when it comes to my mind, unfortunately, is when a friend passes away, when a friend dies, and then I think, oh, my gosh, they're younger than I am. Mm. But uh, and, you know, like most people, I have some aches and pains that I didn't have 10 years ago. But um, I don't often think about aging. I uh, try to stay in really good health. Um, we like to bicycle and we walk every day. And I do a few exercises, not as many as I should. but 
Um, mentally, I think because I've kept in some type of learning uh, environment, I'm always learning something new with new software programs and databases. And I have a strength in doing that. And so I don't often think about aging. I think it's interesting sometimes here in the office, I am undoubtedly the oldest person here by probably 10 years. And, but it, it seems to fit. I, I'm able to make it work in my life. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about um, writing a story of your life or, or, you know? Well, I honestly haven't thought that, although I listened to one of your podcasts um, and it was uh, the woman who had been a nun for a few years and then mm-hmm. she left the convent and got married and she was writing her memoirs. Mm-hmm. And I, Chuck has done that. Chuck has written a book that um, he wrote for our grandchildren, and uh, which I've loved reading. But I honestly haven't thought about. I I used to keep a, a a gratitude journal, and you know I look back on that sometimes. But I haven't really thought about writing a memoir. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You might want to think about it because you have a pretty interesting. Um, career trajectories and, and uh, you know, commitments to social justice issues. and Yes. Yeah. yeah. I should. I should. Maybe that's something when I retire, I'll take a <laughs> class on learning how to write a book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a good thing to do. A, a writer's workshop. <laughs> so, so um, is there anything that you think about in terms of your younger self, Marva, would you, Is there anything you would have done differently in your life? Or is there anything you would have wanted your younger self to know before embarking on all the things you did? Yes, really there is. I think as a younger person, I look back now, I I did not have much independence. I did not make myself independent. I went from nursing school. I lived with my parents. Then Chuck and I got married. So I've never lived alone. I've never been totally independent. And for some reason, whenever a job opportunity would come up for Chuck, it wasn't a matter of discussion. It was his his decision he made. But whenever it was time for me to make a decision about a job, it seemed like I always was looking for his opinion. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I was as independent as I would have liked to have been. And I would encourage young women today to be more independent, um, to make decisions on their own without feeling they needed to rely on someone else. And I think maybe I was programmed, you know, I was programmed by people who lived through the depression and they relied on each other all the time. So I think that was my background. And maybe that had something to do with not stepping to the plate to be more independent. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you see in your own children then in terms of independence? Well, it's very interesting. We have a daughter who's a successful attorney in mergers and acquisitions. Um, our son works with a uh, Reinhardt, which provides Uh, goods to the hospitality industry. And then our younger daughter has a variety of things. She was a teacher and she is now working in communication and marketing for a credit union association, but she's also a fitness trainer. And um, they, all of them had some independence before they married. 
And so um, I feel good about the choices that they've made. And um, I do believe that I see more independence in them, whether it's something that maybe I taught them they should do, or whether it's just the different generations, because there's such a huge difference in our generations. True. Yes. What, 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 when you say that, could you expound on that a little bit? Well, um, you know, well, one of the big examples is when I said I thought my choices were so limited as a woman when I was making a, a decision about my life. Whereas today, I think young women are um, so aware of so many different wonderful opportunities. And although I understand the glass ceiling is still there, I do believe there are a lot more opportunities for women than there were when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So I do believe just in, in our technology and everything about the differences in the generations, I think our, my children, all children today, have more advantages, more opportunities for them to explore. Yes, I would agree with that, definitely. And I think it's a good thing, definitely. Oh, yes, it is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, this has just been delightful. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Marva. And uh, we appreciate your being on Women Over 70. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Marva. And listeners, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Become an active participant in our Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined Facebook group. And visit our website, womenover70.com, and discover everything you'd like to know about our Women Over 70 community. I will see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined 